0: Welcome to the meant to be outdoors podcast where our goal is to connect
1: listeners to the great outdoors with hosts Brian Hoffmeyer and Ben Brandell. I'm host Ben Brandell, owner of meant to be outdoors instructor of outdoor skills and passionate about personal growth I'm host Brian Hoffmeyer wildlife biologist and avid outdoorsman
0: Welcome back to the meant to be outdoors podcast I'm your host Brian with my co-host Ben and today's episode is all about how to choose a kayak. You know, we love kayaking. We've had an episode in the past just about the general activity of kayaking, about how to actually go out and do it and how we teach it. And Mm -hmm. we even covered the history of kayaks all the way down to, I think we got into talking about seal blower 4,000 years ago (laughs) and all this crazy stuff. We're not going to get into that today. This should be helpful for you if you're going to go buy your first or maybe a new kayak.
1: Before we get into all the details, we need to give thanks. A few days ago, Brian, you inspired me to give thanks to this, and I never really thought about it before. A lot of people, lots, well, everybody, everybody on planet Earth has been impacted by this, and it is the fly. I am thankful for flies. Never thought I would have said that before until you helped me truly understand that our number one decomposer on planet Earth are flies. Well what they leave behind after they land on whatever's dead, right? But the point is is that without flies, we would have dead things everywhere that aren't decomposing very fast, and that would be stinky, nasty, disease-ridden. It would be gross, and even though they're a pest and we hate them, um, there's actually some fun things you can buy to annihilate them, whether it be a gun, whether it be a... a what is it called, Brian, like a, an electric... Oh, the fly zapper. <laughs> the fly zapper. I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff out there. They are still a pest. Um, they do annoy people, and we hate them in our homes, but I am so thankful for them. You know, God created them for a reason, and that is it. And even though we hate them and we have to battle them, what a blessing they are.
0: Yeah, it's, it is It is so easy to get caught up in how things affect us and us only. Yeah. I mean, and we, we're, we're prideful by nature. All right. Uh, and to to con stop and consider something as small as a fly it does take some intentional thought and they're important they're important all the way down to the mosquitoes and the bees and if we eliminated all of them the consequences would be immense um right hard to hard to actually calculate or forecast what they would be but it it could possibly
1: be as much as completely wiping out the world and brian i know there's a lot of hunters out there that want to know this how many have you harvested
0: how many flies? <laughs> yeah, I've harvested zero <laughs> flies because I don't eat them. So I am a fly killer. He's a killer machine, people. Fly killer. I love. My wife got. Uh, I think it was really more for my son, but it. Right. I get a lot more use and excitement <laughs> yeah. out of it than than my son does. But it was a oh, it was an Amazon Prime Day deal. But my son loves basketball. We're gonna have a basketball birthday party. Basketball, basketball, basketball. It was a basketball shaped fly zapper. And it pops. I mean, when any kind of insect hits that thing, it pops so loud it sounds like sounds like it's really getting a good charge. But you could touch it with your finger, and it doesn't really hurt. But it's enough to make a fly smoke, and that's really fun to do. And I've probably got a, a probably up around a thousand kills by now. Nice <laughs> <laughs> job, keep it yeah, up. Keep yeah, it I, up. I've recharged that thing and made sure it's ready to go every <laughs> single day since we got it. But. Mm-hmm. Well, what I am thankful for today is refrigeration. Mm. We recently mm-hmm. had what they call a... I don't know if you... I don't know how to correctly pronounce it. It's either Derrico or direco. It's a type of storm. We had 80 mile per hour winds come through. cause all kinds of damage. Uh, the majority of our county was out of power. Uh, my, I personally was out for 13 and a half hours. Uh, my, I know my parents were out for... I think 30-something hours. So how many days ago was that? Uh, well, my power just came back on yesterday. My okay. parents just came back on today. And
1: there's still people that there's are out of power. still
0: people that yeah. are still out of
1: power. Matter of fact, eight miles down the road, there's a, a gal that I ran into during lunch, and she was talking about she is still out of power, and she's only eight miles from you mm-hmm. to the south. So still a lot of people. That... A, lot, a lot of people impacted. Mm-hmm. Still thousands, but... Through all of that, what I
0: became most thankful for and my biggest, like, well, what would would I do if this continues to go on and on was refrigeration, freezers, refrigerators, all that. We'll clump all those together because I can get water and I can get food right then if I have to. I can find a place in the shade to take a nap. If you know, I don't have air conditioning. I can find a place to go to the bathroom. But where in the heck am I going to keep all the food that I have? I am so blessed. I have years worth of food stored up. Where am I going to put all this if this goes on another couple hours? And it can happen fast. Food spoils quick. So just sitting there, literally, I was praying to God for it to come back on so that I didn't have to go replace all this food. And then I got to thinking, man, am I prepared? Am I prepared in any shape or form to store food? if I don't have refrigeration and I'm really not. So that right. is something that I'm
1: going to be taking on and studying here in the near future. Well, that's good. It is good to be in that mindset. You know, it's also a huge financial loss when, when you have a full freezer, a full fridge and you lose all your food, that is a lot of money gone right then and there. And and we're just talking about normal living. We're not even thinking about future or, or any of those things, just in the moment, how much money you can lose overnight. and And that's, a lot of people work hard to fill their fridges, and um, I hate for anybody to lose their food like that.
0: Yeah, and it's all I mean, it's all tied to electricity. it is. Sir. I mean, they yeah. make they make refrigeration appliances that run off of of gas, like for campers that run off of propane and stuff. So you could hook it up that way and maybe have a little more security, but electricity is everything. I shouldn't say everything so much of our world relies on it and it is so much more fragile just because it's kind of there and we don't even notice it. I mean, think about when it's out, you you don't have water, your well's not running every, every room you walk into or out of you're turning the light on and off. And it's just like, just this habit of us counting on that it's there. And when it's not, we really
1: don't even know how to act. No, we struggle as, as a society, as, as people. Yeah. I gotta,
0: I gotta tell one of my wife, she was living for work. Yeah. She said, well, how am I going to open the garage door to get my car out, <laughs> you know? Well, we there's a lot even... of people that haven't had to
1: open right. one without the you garage door. You can manually opener. open your garage door Correct. if you
0: didn't know that. And there's just so many of those things in our lives that we just take for granted. They seem simple, they're there, but with electricity,
1: they're gone. Well, you're looking for the red rope. So those listening, if you're like, oh, I didn't know that, the red handle, red rope, there's going to be a red string, uh, something for you to pull to release that chain, that that it, yeah. the track that it's on, and, and then you can freely... Raise your door open down. That is if you can reach it. I I have a neighbor. <laughs> Uh-oh. He never drives his car.
0: Uh-oh. <laughs> he was driving his car yesterday after the storm. I was like, well, what, what are you doing? His garage is so tall, he parks his truck in a big barn. So the door is so far up there, he couldn't reach the release. So his truck was stuck in the barn. Wow. Wow.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so I guess if it were to be a long time without electricity, you either have to find a way to climb up there or cut a hole in the barn to get
1: your truck out. That's crazy. You know what you're talking about, Brian, on that kind of that sustainability side for we teach a lot of survival. We've taught a lot of survival. Um, for me, by definition, there isn't just one out there that everyone can just all agree on. But for me, you're getting into bushcraft and you're talking about that advanced bushcraft where it's long term. How do I harvest my animals? How do I find my food? And when I can't eat it all right now, how do I how do I continue to take care of that so it doesn't spoil, go bad, and I can eat it in the future. And I'm thankful
0: right now that I don't have to think about it. I hopefully w- never will, but <laughs> it may be worth pre- being prepared for. Absolutely. Yeah. So the topic today is actually kayaks, not food. What? And we're talking about how to choose a kayak. And the whole reason for us doing this topic is in the outdoor industry, We Ben and I, we we talk all the time like, who are we? What do we teach? Because we get asked to teach such a vast array of topics. I mean, we have taught everything from literally about cockroaches to all the way up to how to go on multi-day trips and everything in between about all kinds of equipment. But yeah, well, I was going to say
1: all the way from how uh, what what animal poop looks like and which animals all the way to team development and yeah. how people behave. Let's make, like, make animal
0: poop with candy <laughs> yeah, yeah. and everywhere in between. But one of the questions about equipment that is kind of unforeseen and my whole point of the vast array of what we teach is there are all kinds of questions that we get that we're like, oh, we didn't see that coming. Well, one that we get all the time that I never would have thought would have been a common question is, how do I choose a kayak? I mean, Mm -hmm. just randomly, we will get an email. We'll have not talked about kayaks on social media or nothing at all. Well, somebody will reach out and be like, hey, can you help me choose a kayak? I don't know what to do. yeah And I can see how it can be overwhelming because that industry is so massive now. And there are, I think there's a, a different type of kayak out there every is. single year, something somebody's made up.
1: Well, and they're affordable. I mean, they're expensive enough that people are nervous to pull pull that trigger without knowing everything they want to know. But they are affordable that more people can buy them than ever before. Yeah. If yeah. you want to get
0: on the water, you don't have to throw out 20 grand yeah. for a boat. Right. You you can go spend a few hundred dollars even mm-hmm. and spend a day on a water and a kayak. So let's we're going to break this down about things that we tell people to consider questions that we ask them when we're trying to steer them in the right direction of a kayak to buy. And really the first thing you have to answer is, where are you using this thing at? Are you using it in your pool? Using it on the pond? And I'm really not even being too facetious by saying the pool. We have taught many hundreds of people
1: to kayak in pools. In swimming pools, yeah. At like YMCA's, the large Olympic-style pools. Yeah. We've done that. You know, I think... To start this off here, when people ask me the question of what kind of kayak should I get, I give them the answer of it depends. And that is the real answer to the question. And that's why we're having the podcast today, because we're going to go through and talk about what all those things are that's going to depend on you getting what you want to get. Because nobody actually likes that answer.
0: It depends. Correct. They hate it. And somebody (laughs) makes the old man joke, we're talking about diapers now. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> no, it really does. There are variables, I guess would be the different way to say it. There
1: are variables that matter when choosing a kayak. And the first one is where. Where yeah. are you using it? And so like the the terms you're going to maybe hear if you're talking to somebody that, that is in this world is, where well, you going on flat water or white water? And here locally where we live, we don't even have to even talk like that. We can ask questions like, are you going to the river or the lake? Mm-hmm. And what if somebody says both? Well... Cool. Can I come with? (laughs) But that does, that does begin to, um, go down, you know, a left or right road. When you come to, to the Y of Lake or River, um, there are boats that are specifically designed for each. And then there are some boats that you can get that work okay on both. Right. And Mm -hmm. then another question that I like to ask people is, well, how much do you plan to
0: use it? And that kind of gives me the gauge to what time of year they're going to be using it. Because if they right. tell me they're going to use it a hundred times, well, I know that they're probably going to be using it spring through fall, maybe even winter some. If they're like, ah, once or twice, right. when my when my group of friends gets together, I want to go. Right. That is going to give me a gauge, one, to how much they should be spending, and to two, how serious they are. And it, it's kind of like a lot of things. If if you are not serious about kayaking and you just want something to go be with your people in a couple of times a year, then you're not even going to really know enough or care enough to spend the extra thousand dollars and appreciate the features that come with that extra money.
1: Absolutely. And before we get into really what are you going to be doing in your kayak, which is another step of this, honestly, I want you to be thinking about what do you want in a kayak? Because kayaks Are made differently so you have to kind of think about it this way that um do you want the ability to stay ahead in your forward movement which is called tracking or sometimes tracking tracking, but but that tracking that whenever you paddle um on either side it stays straight where you're going right then you have uh ones that are going to help you with turning so you don't want to go straight. I When I paddle on a certain side, I want to turn immediately. And then you, and you get into the stability side. When you're in it, is it something that you're going to quickly flip over in? Or can you stand up in it? And yeah, can you do a cartwheel on the front of it? <laughs> do a cartwheel on yeah. the front of it. So you kind of got to be thinking about those things. Um, and, and start thinking about that now. If you're interested in getting a kayak, you you have to be thinking about how are you going to use it. Right. And then
0: once... People can kind of answer, yeah, I'm going to be using it, uh, let's say they, they say, I'm only going to use it in the summer, and I'm only going to be going on paddling trips on the river with my friends. The next question I'm going to be asking them is, what are you going to be doing while you're in your kayak? Mm-hmm. Well, of course paddling, but I want to know, well, I'm going to be always be the food person. I'm going to have a big food cooler with me. Well, now we need to consider adding another 200 pounds to the capacity of the kayak that you buy. For me... I don't want to fish out of my kayak. That's really the only thing that I care to do is that it gets me from A to B and that I can fish out of it. So now you have to start thinking about picking ones that have all the fishing capabilities and features that you want. Some people love to take expensive camera equipment in their kayak. Is there a place to keep this stuff safe mm-hmm. and dry? Is it stable enough for you to lose focus uh, on what you're doing in your boat to take pictures and video? Are you maybe one of the tricksters? Do you want to jump it off of tree branches that hang over the river and and go under the water? Do you want to do all the whitewater stuff? What do you plan to do in it? Are you the person that just wants to hang your feet out and float down the river? That is going to help me steer you in the right direction to a kayak that has the features
1: that you need to be able to have the recreation that you want. Right. You know, there are so many types of boats, that it is overwhelming. And I think if I could give the quick tip now, it is to start doing your research, start online, start calling and asking, which is why I think- No, 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 no. Start by listening to the rest of this podcast. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. That's right. Don't (laughs) stop yet. But in your research, um, you need to know your region and your area. You know, this podcast reaches- almost around the world and we got people listening even in Cambodia and and so i do not know what businesses or even the reach like like how you can even get a kayak but you need to know your area because i am not going to buy a sea kayak and use it out on the lake even though i could right I and have, i have seen people out there in sea kayaks i know but that isn't going to work for me right because it depends Back to the diapers. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, a sea kayak would be awesome if I'm just going from point A to point B and I want to stay straight and I want to get there. And, and even if I'm battling some boat traffic, right? You know, river or lake consistently, if, if you're here in the Ozarks, you know, river or lake are what you're looking at. Are you going to put in and basically go down river um You're not even working your way back up. You know, you can get away with so much more than if you take a kayak and go out on the busiest part of the lake, which please don't do that. It is so dangerous. But there are people that that I've seen do before. And so, you know, like we like we started off, you got to ask yourself the questions. Where am I going? What and how do you even get this kayak? You know, I know we are so blessed here where we live that there are right now, Seven stores I can think of that sell kayaks. So that's a blessing. Um, if you're limited in your area, then you may have to see what they actually have first. And then um, even looking at online purchasing, there's there's some great options on there as well.
0: Yeah, and, and so once you kind of d- decide what you're going to be doing, where you're going to be going, there are so many types of kayaks. And you need to pick the one that fits those two questions that you've answered Where am I going and what am I doing out of it? There is, I mean, we've made a massive list and it isn't even comprehensive because again, people build new stuff, invent new types of kayaks and add to it every year. But just the ones that we have written down that are popular that you've probably heard of are sit in and sit on. And that's really your first choice. A lot of, uh, for example, let's say I'm gonna go get a fishing kayak. Well, now I have to choose, do I wanna sit in or a sit-on fishing kayak. There are recreational boats. They're not going to have all the rod holders and stuff. They're really just to go out and play and maybe take a little cooler in, but not much else. There's crossovers. There's sea yaks for going out in the ocean. There's touring, fishing, whitewater inflatable kayaks. Which Ben, I know you are a fan of those because of the accessibility and and really how well people can pack them and travel with them. Mm-hmm. There are tandem kayaks. There are even kayaks that you can take up to four people on and in. It's incredible. They, I mean, like I said, just every year they're coming out with more of these. There's diving kayaks that are literally built for trying to make it go underwater. There's kayaks for taking out in the surf. And there are even kayaks with sails on them if you like
1: to sail. Yeah, here's your range. You know, when you're looking at like, I believe they call them slalom. I think I'm saying that right. But, you know, uh, those are like uh, four foot long. And then you have your sea kayaks that are uh, at least 20 feet. Right. And so every everything that Brian just said is going to be within that range. And, you know, I think the the biggest concern I have for people is is your body weight, what you weigh. And so now once you determine where you're going and what you're wanting to do, you really have to look at your body because if you are too big to set in a set in kayak, then that will not work for you and you will have to go on the, the set on top. And the sit-on-tops are great, you know. Uh, matter of fact, sit-on-tops are even for um, even really tall people, you know, as well. set in um, you are going to have to really focus on your height, and then looking at the length of the boat so that you can fit inside it. A big thing for me, and why I asked this question early on in the process of consulting
0: somebody on buying a kayak, is what time of year are you taking it? And that really can help you choose that sit-in or sit-on too. Because if you are somebody like me, I've been out in January before, I chose a sit-in really for that reason. I gave up, sacrificed some other things that I would have gotten and liked more from a sit-on-top for a sit-in because I knew I was going to be going into late fall and very early spring and sometimes in the winter. And I wanted that more protection from the water, more protection from my paddle drip. I wanted to stay a little bit drier and even have the option to put on a drip skirt to really make myself uh, stay dry. That's why I chose the sit-in. What I really gave up that I miss so much now, and there's actually some companies that are making, they call them crossovers, hybrids, whatever you want to call them. It's like a, a mixture of a sit-in and sit on top. I don't like that. I can't stand up in my Mm sit-in. It is, it, it is just not stable enough because of the way that it's built with the kind of more, uh, deep keel, I can't stand up in it. And being a fisherman, there are so many times where I'd love to stand up, especially in the spring when I know there's fish on bed. I can't really sight fish for them out of my kayak, and it drives me crazy. So I have considered switching to one of those hybrids before. Also considered just keeping my sit-in and and getting uh, a sit-on-top that I could stand up in, too. Again, all things to consider when you are buying one of these.
1: Yeah. So, you know, now that you kind of have maybe an idea of it It depends on your body weight. You need to know what that kayak can support and hold. How would they they know? So, first off, when you buy it, the manufacturer has it labeled of how many pounds this thing can hold. Because you've got to take into account your body weight plus what all are you taking with you. Right. You know, are you taking water? Are you taking food? Are you taking shelter? Are you taking fun, whatever, uh, fishing? what activity you're doing, you know, inside it. And all of that adds up to that total weight and it needs to be underneath it. And I will say with kayaks, you know, a lot of
0: times with bigger boats, bass boats on up, they, they have their max weight always written on them. And if you exceed it, a lot of times, if you're not greatly, greatly exceeding it, you don't even really know. Yeah. But
1: I'm telling you in a kayak, you know. You do. And also it it will mess up the, the performance of your kayak. You know, people that are... Um, matter of fact, there was a, there's a, I'm just going to say it's a cheap kayak you can get at Walmart. I got in I tried it and I was still, I was just a little too heavy for it and you could feel it. It was dragging in the back when I'd paddle, it wouldn't hardly go anywhere. Um, I was wore out by the time I got done with it that day. So it wasn't efficient in, in it for me, you know, it had been awesome for my kid. Yeah. um, And and my young son,
0: you do have, have to consider it. My, my kayak weight capacity is 350 pounds. I weigh 200 pounds. So if I'm going on a multi-day trip with my gear and my fishing stuff, I really do have to, I I can't take everything that I want because I know that if I go over that, it's, it's not safe. It doesn't perform the way that it needs to. I can tell when I'm like right under it, say 330 to 340. I can tell by looking at the way it's sitting in the water and how close that back edge is to actually going under the water. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so there there's something too. my whole point is saying that there is something too, and there's truth to that weight that they are labeling
1: on the inside of that boat on that silver and, and yellow sticker. Yeah, no, it's there for a reason, for sure. It's not just some legal thing they have to check off. I mean, it's important that, you know, um, which that kind of leads me into a really next important thing that I think you need to know before um, buying one that you're going to consider. And it is how are you going to get it? To where you want to go. So this kind of really kind of spiderwebs out, and I'm well, gonna I'm gonna paddle it. You're gonna paddle it. Yeah. You're gonna paddle it there. Yeah. All from the point way there. to point B. Wow. Well, I well, guess what I'm asking is, I- explain what you mean. Yes, and I'm getting ready too. So right now, I want to buy a kayak. What vehicle do I own that I'm going to be able to transport this watercraft to the water?
0: Or if you buy it, how are
1: you How are you going to go pick it up and get it to your house? That, well, that's yes. But can you even physically lift it? Right. Can your vehicle carry it? Great. But can you even lift it? Can you lift it after it's got all the extra things that you put on it? Right? right. So you also then have to begin to look at, am I going to river or lake? And then how heavy is this thing? Because they sell some devices that you could use. So for example, if you told me I'm going to go to the lake then if you're going to the lake and you have a trailer or a truck or some way to haul it to the lake, I'm gonna try to set you up with some wheels because they actually have wheels that you can place on the bottom of your kayak that you can basically wheel it from where your vehicle parks at to the water's edge. And there's a lot of them they make that you can leave it on while you're out paddling. You don't even have to take them off, period. But if you're gonna take this same kayak to the river, those wheels are no longer a good idea because they may hit the bottom of the river. Uh, If you're going over shoals or rough terrain, you don't want to get caught. You don't want to be in shallow water with those wheels on. And so if you can't pick your kayak up and move it, then you are going to have to look at either like a set on something lighter and inflatable that's going to help you on the river. And that's the things that I'm going to start asking uh, the individual of, of what do they need and what do they want.
0: Ben, That you bring up such an awesome point and what you're bringing up was a huge part in me deciding to buy the kayak that I have. I actually, I have a 10 footer. I actually wanted a 12 footer. Mm -hmm. The reason that I did not get a 12 footer was because I go in places that more, I go lake and river, but more in the rivers and creeks. And I go places or have been places that I've never been before, and the people I'm with never been before, so you never know what you're going to come up on. So uh, there are times where there's trees across, there's dams that you come up on across the river. Mm -hmm. I have to take my boat out, and I have to carry it by myself around back to where I can get back in and paddle. And the wheels are great. I had some, boxed them back up and sold them, because in those situations, they're useless. The only way they're not is that you use them take them off, and then you have to carry them with you. Right. Well, I've already sacrificed two foot and got a smaller boat. I don't have room to carry these wheels. So I I bought something that was around that 75-pound when it was completely empty so that I could pick it up from the side by myself and carry this thing with nobody's help.
1: Yeah, and comfortably. You're not yeah. just destroyed when you get done carrying Correct. it. You know. <laughs> This has probably been two years ago that I first saw this, and it was neat. It really is neat. But there was a gentleman. He had a he had a small pickup truck, and he had his kayak fully loaded. Everything was in it, um, and he had the 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 nose of it slid into the truck, and the back of it hanging out with the wheels hanging out. And he backed down all the way to the boat ramp. He, as he, uh, put it in park. He got out. He began to pull the kayak out of the bed of that truck. And he could do it fully loaded. I mean, had all his fishing tackle, had graphs, had fishing poles, uh, boxes, all kinds of equipment. It looked like a lunch box, yeah, it, or a, a the, cooler. The, the whole like.
0: thing probably weighed six hundred pounds, probably.
1: Yeah. And so he just he gently pulled it out of the back of the truck. He lowered the bottom down until those wheels caught, and then all he did was he grabbed the front and rolled it down the ramp until it got to the water's edge. Then he went out and did his fishing, and this is what shocked me the most. It was really neat to watch because. He pulled his truck, he parked it, and went out fishing. And then when he came back in, he literally nosed towards the bank and just kept paddling, paddling, paddling. And then he hits the bank. The bank makes him stop. He hops out. He grabs the nose of that and just starts walking forward. And because it still had the wheels on, he just walked it all the way up, rolled it all the way back up to his truck. You know, and he could, he could, he was strong enough to put the front of it back in that truck and then lift the back up and slide it in. You know, there are people out there that would struggle to do that. They, they are not physically strong enough to, to do that. And so they're going to have to look at different options. And thankfully we have other options, um, that people can use lighter weight, something inflatable that you can air up, that you can carry around. Um, yeah, yeah. They, they can help you to, to enjoy kayaking.
0: Yeah. with the inflatables and I'm not I'm not super well-versed in the market of them, but I know you can get inflatable kayaks for under $100, and I know you can spend a couple thousand mm-hmm. dollars on them, too, depending on what. Uh, if it, is it coming with the pump. I think, obviously, you're going to get what you pay for there. Are you just buying a kayak to go use for one day? Because a lot of times, if you are actually going to take one of these inflatables to go on a paddling trip with, with your friends down the river, one day is probably
1: all you're going to get out of it, and you might want to take a patch or two. Definitely take the pump. Yeah, I mean, you're looking on the cheap side for sure. I mean, the ones I have nowadays, uh, when you're paying a, a real high quality, I mean, it's the same plastic as, you know, your whitewater rafts that are bouncing off of the rocks mm-hmm. and boulders. So um, it, it is, it, it's it's how much you want to pay, how much you can afford to pay. Um, and then looking, you know, I've stated a few times, if you're going to the lake, you need a different kayak. And, and then the word comes in, it depends, again, because if you're taking a kayak and just hanging out in coves, so you have flat water, you're in a cove, you're not worried about these boats and the boat wake that it's leaving behind. You can get away with a basic river kayak, you know. But if you are going out in the main lake where you have wake, you have wind, now you need to look at something that's definitely more stable and, like I was talking earlier, has that forward traction so that when you exert your energy to move it forward, it stays true and keeps heading that way. If not, you'll get you'll get destroyed out there.
0: So Ben, we've really kind of got into some important things that that people need to be considering when buying a kayak besides just what they're using it for, what they're going to be doing out of it. We've briefly mentioned transporting, we've briefly mentioned cost and budget. Let's break those two down just a little bit more. I think when you're talking about transporting, what you what you're really saying is do you have a vehicle that is capable of carrying your boat? That's yeah. really what you're breaking down. Maybe you're keeping it somewhere. Is it? Are you keeping it on your dock? Do you have a place at your dock to put a boat this size? Maybe a friend storing it for you. Does your friend really want to store it for you? Yeah,
1: <laughs> you, I mean they're
0: asking those things. Yeah. Are you carrying multiple? Do you need to buy a trailer? Are you a pickup truck owner? I mentioned before in the past, me and my friends used to stack them up high on top of a Honda Civic. Are you silly and gonna do stuff like that? Maybe an inflatable would be the option for you. If you have a, a trailer and you can stack up 10 of them on, then you can go spend five, $6,000 on whatever length and size that you want. You do need to consider how you're going to be transporting it from your house to the waterway that you're going to be using it on. It kind of goes without saying, but I do want to address it. Cost and budget. With kayaks... It is a wide range. Just in fishing kayaks of loan. When I say a fishing kayak, I mean there are actually features on this boat. There are rod holders. There are upgraded seats. There are places to put your tackle. Places to put your pliers. Places to put your fishing things. I have seen them from $300. The most expensive one on the market today is $11,000. It's completely made out of carbon fiber. The whole thing only weighs like 40 pounds. And there's everywhere in between. Most of your kayak pro anglers... They're buying boats that are stock probably between three dollars and $5,000. Mm-hmm. I use the word stock because there is so much that you can add to, especially the fishing ones, that when you're making your budget, you need to be considering this because people are now outfitting kayaks just like they would a bass boat. People are putting multiple graphs, fish finders on them. So you're talking several thousand dollars in electronics then you gotta have the wiring harnesses and the batteries and the battery compartments to run those. Then you gotta have, you don't have to have, I shouldn't say guys. Some people are adding two and three thousand dollar trolling motor systems to their kayaks, and then people are putting power poles or shallow water anchors on the back of them. So they have just as much, if not more, in accessories on their kayak than they do in actually the boat. So you're talking, you're talking anywhere from six to ten thousand dollars and these complete fishing rigs to go
1: out and fish on some of these lakes and it's just a kayak yeah it's you know an accessory that i think is a must um and i put in my kayak uh it wasn't that expensive and that's why i want to talk about it when you purchase a kayak and you're wanting to be able to stop in that kayak on a waterway you're going to need an anchor and that is something um It's a video I got off of YouTube, and it taught me how to set up a pulley system for my anchor and my kayak. And so that is an accessory that I purchased was the anchor, and then I bought some paracord, a couple pulleys, a carabiner. And then you can get a rivet gun and some rivets, and and you can add different things to your boat. Again, I added a pulley system um, using some rivets and some hooks and and pulleys, and I needed that because when I'm stopping to fish, I want to be able to move my boat up. Or downstream and that pulley system allows me really the freedom to to move it to adjust my boat when I'm sitting still but when it comes to accessories they are selling products now that clip on and clip off um, you can literally spend as much money as you want to yeah
0: upgrade your seats but what you're talking about like with the trolley system that's a good example of like when you're comparing say you're comparing three brands and they're all similar boats One of them for a similar price may have a trolley system already on it and and one may not, but those Mm -hmm. are things to pay attention to when you are choosing your boat. You mentioned size. You definitely need to consider how big you are, how tall are you, how much do you weigh, and how much are you planning to take with you. I would say for for most guys that are like six feet and taller that are decent size, maybe consider going to that 12 foot if you're going to have people around to help you or you're going to put a wheel system I went with the smaller one, and that's really probably my my biggest regret is maybe I should have went with that one that was 12 feet instead of the 10, just for the space. Because when we do some of these longer trips, if there's people around, almost always, I'm like, hey, could you carry this for me? Because I am running running out of room in weight capacity.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. You saying that, I think it is important for people to think about, is the make that you're about to purchase the same as the knowledge you have about someone else's boat. So why I'm bringing this up is Brian's talking a lot about his kayak and I have the same brand kayak, but my model or my gear is different than yours. Mm -hmm. And what's frustrating about that is that, um, mine is a newer one and I thought it would work better (laughs) than Brian's, but they changed the hole. They changed the keel. They changed even the seat placement in my kayak and it does not, um, track true it doesn't track straight like brian's does and and i wish i would have had that knowledge that information um because i would have tried to either find the older boat um a year of of you know maybe someone's selling that or has that for sale somewhere or look at a completely different brand
0: Mm-hmm. yeah it, it, if you have opportunities a lot of your box stores they're not going to really give you a chance to get it and go out and test it but a lot of your uh, we'll call them mom and pops are small brick and mortar uh, outdoor stores, they will actually give you opportunity to to test them. And that is a great thing to do. Or find somebody that has one when you're looking for tips and and test theirs out if they'll let you borrow it because it's one thing for a company to make claims, but for what they're claiming to actually hold up to on the water is a whole nother thing. And you'll find that with a lot of things, uh, not only in the outdoor industry, but really in general. So if you can test it, review it, Try to do that if possible um, if they have, you know, 100-day money-back guarantee because a lot of them will do that for you if, if
1: you're going to the right place. If you're like me, you want to, when you get it in your mind, you are you want a kayak. You almost want to go, like, out that day. You want to go get the correct one, and then you want to go use it, like, all in the same day. Here's the tip or something you want to consider is take your time in purchasing this thing. Do your research. Find out what it is you truly want. Look into it. You know, most people that have kayaks have probably just said, you know what? I need a kayak. They went to the store, they bought it, they threw it in, and they went down and used it that one or two times a year. You know, that may work for you, but if you're really wanting a great kayak that's going to last you a while, that works perfectly for you, it is so important for you to sit down and, and think through all these things that we're talking about today. Once you've really nailed down the size that you need, you've nailed down your
0: budget, Really, I, I would kind of, I, I would encourage you to stick to that budget because when you go out to buy it, you're gonna find something that you're like, oh no, I really need that one. Trust me, so many times I've been like, I'm selling mine, I'm upgrading, <laughs> I'm getting this, but at the end of the day, personally, for as much as I use mine, I don't really need to do that. Would it be nice, of course, but stick to your budget that you've made. Don't let them upsell you, but really start considering the details. Things like, is this a quality build? Like, look at the things that they have put on there. Did they screw them in all the way? Is your paddle hook made of plastic? Is it made of metal? Is it made of aluminum? Does it have the anchor trolley on it? Is the front of this boat just wide open? Or did they go ahead and put some kind of suspension or strap system on there for me? Start looking at those little details. That's going to give you a hint whether this is a company that you should be giving your money to or not. Yeah. You can look up. A lot of times salesmen aren't going to know this answer, but you can look on, uh, a lot of times there'll be tags or things about the boat, or you can actually look it up online. Look at the thickness of the material that you are buying. And sometimes it may be worth even looking at the material because you may say, oh, they're all plastic, but there are different types of plastic. And then you'll have to go down another rabbit hole and research that type of plastic. But why I'm saying this is the thickness matters. And a lot of companies will build these boats cheap and they are thin. If you are if you are spending money on a three hundred dollar kayak, do not expect to drive it drag it across the rocks or the asphalt driveway ten times and not have a hole in it because mm-hmm. it, it's cheap. It's cheap and it's gonna be eating away at the material and you're gonna have holes in it over time. So consider the quality of what you're buying. If you really, really care about the money that you're spending, look at the thickness of the material that it's built with, the seats,
1: man. Yes. The seats. Yeah. Not only are you looking for a comfortable seat, a comfortable seat, can you adjust it to fit your body? Can you take it in and out and use it as a camping chair? Mm-hmm. What options are there and what do you have? I don't know. Have you ever Have you ever spent the day in...
0: Uh, I've been in actually a lot of different kayaks, but have you ever spent the day in one? It just looks like... It maybe looks kind of comfortable, but it's like a padded piece of foam, but it's literally like sitting on the bottom of the kayak. Have you ever spent the day in one of
1: those? Yeah. And I found that, you know, setting on a little bit of padding is perfect. It's more my back. And what you're talking about, I've seen many that don't have any back to it. It's just a foam pad. You like you just sit on top of. And that is not good for me personally. I need something um, on my back to support me as I'm I'm really twisting and turning and paddling.
0: Yeah. Those... (laughs) would you sit in one of the one that's just like literally a piece of pad on the floor it feels good for like the first hour or two if you're going to use it over the length of a half day or a whole day it is like you have to take breaks just to get your bottom out of this thing yeah and you really just like you are down in it you're down in it some people may like that that is a cool thing about kayaking is you're like in the water it's a cool experience but man pay attention to the quality of the seat that you are getting there are kayaks side by side similar features pretty much the same price and one say you line up five of them one of them will have a seat that completely blows away the other one mm-hmm. and if i'm ranking accessories if we'll call a seat an accessory that's probably the top of my list like what is the seat quality like in this boat that i'm buying because you're spending time in it and you don't want a sore bottom and a sore back
1: no that's really that's really true Um, you talked about online and and going online and, and kind of looking maybe at some of that, um, while you're doing that, you can read reviews on almost every brand of kayak that's out there. And I think that is such an awesome thing to do, to spend time in and seeing what other people have both positive and negative about this this cock that you're buying. There's about to probably a hundred YouTube videos oh, reviewing the model that you're right? interested in. Yeah, no, definitely. And even if you just want a quick one, like here's an example. I will go into the store and I'll see what the current model is. I'll see what their the sizes is, the weight, all the things that we've talked about. And before I ever buy it or even talk maybe to to the guy to say hey I'm interested in it, I usually go find a somewhere to sit and and I will research. I'll look it up. and I'll start looking through those reviews and. If the first 25 aren't good, (laughs) then I'm going to move on, and and I can begin to narrow down my search a little bit more.
0: And maybe it's just me, but I'm going to give this tip because I think it's helpful, but it may just be helpful in my brain. When you're looking up videos or reviews, if the person that comes on to give you a review... I'm going to throw a brand out there. If the person comes on to give you a review about a Hobie kayak, which is a a well-known, known-for-quality, more expensive brand... If they come on and in the background they have a truck that says Hobie all over the side of it, <laughs> maybe try to find a more unbiased opinion yes. and review about yeah. the product that you're going to buy because there are a lot out there that these people are being paid to say what they're saying. If you spend enough time, you can find the ones that are that are honest, earnest, and unbiased.
1: Yeah, no, that's really good information. That's that's super important because you want the best bang for your buck.
0: All right, Ben. You kind of you mentioned that your last kayak buying experience didn't really have the result that you wanted it to. Mm-hmm. We've given people kind of a guideline or a breakdown of things that we think that they should consider to buy when buying a kayak. Knowing what you know now, if you could go back, or let's say you 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 sold your kayak that you have now and you're starting this whole process again, kind of give us a rundown of, of how that's going to go for you now. With, with
1: my past experiences, I realize that majority of the time, and probably most of our listeners they're going to be on what's called flat water. You're not really going on white water. That white water kayaking is such a beast. It's it's so unique that most people don't even have to worry about it. If you're a listener like, oh, Ben, I've done that. Well, then you know what I'm talking about. You know where to go and you know what you want. Um, I want a boat, whether it be river or lake. I want a boat that has an awesome, nice keel on it because when I paddle forward, I want to go that way. I don't want a whitewater boat, a slalom boat to where I'm doing circles. You know, I want to be able to move forward, um, whether that be in the lake, in the river. I want to go with with really the least amount of... of paddling energy you know because i don't want to about life or buying boats well you know what <laughs> i think they probably relate you know what i mean <laughs> i think they might yeah uh-huh. um so that's really what i'm looking for first second is is can this hold my weight um with all the equipment that i'm going to have is that going to be right for me um and then i'm looking at really that quality like I don't i don't have a lot of money to spend so what can i get that is the best for, for like you talked about, for my budget, for what I'm putting in. And then after that, it's kind of the accessory time because once you have it, once it's safe for you to use and you know, it's going to work the way you want it to, then you get to, to add to it what you want to, to make it just right for whatever activity you're wanting to do for that day.
0: If you were going to buy a new one today, are
1: you buying a fishing one? You know, I am. I am. I, I, being on TikTok and, and scrolling, these guys that have um, the forward imaging on the front and the trolling motors, um, you know, they're they're carrying their rods and they have just all this room and and it looks so much fun. I have never been in one that is that decked out, um, so just to have the opportunity to go out and experience that one time, that would be it. But you know, guys, what they are paying for all of that could get you into a fiberglass, a used fiberglass bass boat. Yeah. And and so you're going to have to then weigh like, like which do you truly want to do and spend more time in? Um, So for me, I want to get something that I can go enjoy um, our rivers with. Um, I can't wait to take my kids even more. Um, You know, if you're taking people that aren't comfortable with the water, um, always have them wear life jackets, but put them in a set on top. A set on top is going to allow them to, if they do flip, they, there is... They're not going to get trapped. They're not going to. You're not going to have to worry about teaching them the hand of God and, and reaching down and pulling them out or anything like that or pushing yourself out of that. A set on top is is really just a, an overall um, go to for most people. And then and then getting a set on top that's that's long enough that's going to support you by not being too tippy and and hold your weight and whatever equipment that you know your cooler your stuff that you want to take with you. Um, the tip is 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 honestly start by going to the store that sells them, and and talk with them. They're, they not only want to make money, but they want your business. And so pick their brains, pick their minds, leave, go do some more research. Um, and when you feel like you have it all, go do it. And you will not know if it's right for you until you truly go out and use it and experience it. You spend a lot of time in kayaks, guiding trips
0: with kids, teaching people, teaching classes, uh, running just, yeah, overnight camping trips, a lot of time in a kayak, fishing, just fun do you have any special memories maybe that one that's uh, kind of your pinnacle
1: up to the top of, of kayak memory yeah ron i've got a lot of memories um sitting here thinking after you asked me that question i have so many different stories and memories um from different trips and experiences um one that that to me was is probably the most fun and it wasn't even a trip it was just a, a day activity that we did in college Um, We all brought our kayaks out and it was just a day of like learning how to use these things. And so we made ourselves flip upside down. We learned how to push out of them. Um, Even in some of the trainings I've done, we've learned like rescues, like if you're with a group and someone tips, um, how you swim under and sweep and push people out from under that vessel um, to make sure that they're safe. And so um, that day of those of learning how even to if you let's say you capsize, you flip it and you're out in the middle of the lake. How can you get back in it? Um, how can you drain it, um, without taking it to the bank? You know, some of those skills that go with that kayak, that was so much fun. And with the the guys and gals I was doing that with, we we're all laughing, um, play. and it's, and it's challenging. It's really challenging to flip your kayak once it's flipped underwater, um, to even get the water out and to get back in it. It's a challenge in itself and, and it does take people to help. So, um, that, that right there would be my number one because I learned so much and it helped me to to be confident when I'm going out with other people, knowing what I can do and knowing how I can help them if if they needed it.
0: Yeah, I haven't I haven't done that. I haven't uh, I haven't flipped on purpose and I haven't flipped on accident yet either over the years. And I don't really want to have to experience that again. That's one of the didn't really mention it. I shouldn't say again. That is one of the downsides to a sit-in like I went with. They do fill with water and sink and you were encouraging people to get to sit on top, they are more stable and they don't fill with water in sync. So if, if they do flip for some crazy reason, you just flip it back over or get up and right on the bottom of it.
1: You yeah. Can- yeah. Well, and you slide off, you know, you slide off the side into the water. Yeah. Um, it could flip over on you, but you can push it off of you, yep. you know. Um, that's, you know, my last tip here that, that I do want to share and thinking about the story that I just shared When you buy anything, especially a kayak, the first time that you go to use it, you need to be knowledgeable about how to use it and then how to get in and out of it. So go take it out. You know, right now it's 90 degrees outside. It's summertime. This is one of the perfect times to take your kayak down to the water's edge and get in. Tip it over, see how far, see how far you can lean before it actually does flip. You know, learn, learn your stability of your boat, learn how you can um, paddle it better, how you can get in it better if you were in the middle of the lake. Um, Learn those things now, um, why you have the freedom to do that.
0: I see so many people getting in their kayaks wrong. Mm. Whether it's in two inches of water and they're slipping and falling on their rears. Right. People that would never even try to get in their kayak in the middle. You can get in your kayak in the middle of the lake. Mm -hmm. So many people get in wrong. Practice it, look up how to do it so that you are actually enjoying your time and not getting hurt once you get this new kayak. You know, Ben, one of my favorite memories of kayak, I have two friends, Zach and Garrett, which they were both actually a big reason why I got into kayaking to begin with. Uh, they were going out and fishing and having a good time, and I felt like I was missing out, so I wanted to get a kayak and join these guys, and there is a stream uh, here locally that, uh, it's it's kind of small. There's a, actually an argument or a debate between, de- this is probably a debate you and I have, is it a creek or is it a river? <laughs> and, and depending on what map you look at, sometimes it's called creek, sometimes it's called river. If, if you're local here where we produce the show, you probably know what I'm talking about by now, but there are is just not a lot of access to it at all. Just not much access. And we kept wondering, like, well, if we we know we can get on the river here, but where would we ever take out? Where well, they called me one day, so excited. Drove down here to whatever road and, and talked to so-and-so, and they are going to let us stop with our kayaks. We can park our car there all day long. We're going to stop right here. We'll be able to get take out. We can finally go do this stretch of river that nobody can get on. Are you in? And I was like well heck yeah let's go how long is it how long is it going to take i I don't know and just really it truly an adventure because we've never been on it or hadn't been in many many years so we go and all of us really had the intent of fishing first exploring second and so we're out there and i mean you talk about shooting fish in a barrel like these fish had not been fished (laughs) for because nobody can get on this stretch of river right we probably all caught 50 fish. I mean, we were just catching them. That's awesome in itself. And then there was one big long pool in the middle that we were all catching big ones out of. Mm -hmm. We had to get out and carry around trees and get out and carry around dams. And just a super memorable day of adventure, the unknown, and then, of course, interacting with creation and doing one of
1: my favorite outdoor recreational activities, which is catching bass. Mm -hmm. Brian, having a kayak, even if you're only using it a couple times within a year, um i think it's important to have one it's important to keep one it's important even if you're storing it in your your shed you know we haven't really talked a whole lot about where am i storing this thing when i have it but i have seen um let's just say new orleans i've seen a lot of flooding that's taking place and when the news media get there like they are traveling by boat and a lot of times it's kayak like i've seen a lot of people that have had to leave their homes um but they were doing that in a kayak. You know, they had their their dog in their lap and they're paddling um, over to the bank trying to get away you know, safely. And so having some sort of device, especially like a, a kayak, is is I think something great to have, um, even in a time of emergency, if you would even need it.
0: Yeah, I think if you can, if you can afford to have one, even if you're just going to enjoy it once or twice a year, definitely have one. I would add to that, have an open heart and a willingness to lend it out to somebody who doesn't. I have borrowed kayaks. Ben, you've borrowed kayaks. I have lent my kayak out and not seen it for months and months, and then it comes back. Lend it out. Let people borrow it. Let them go enjoy the outdoors, especially if you're not using it. So even if you're just going to buy it, you know you're only going to use it once or twice. Maybe two or three years pass and you haven't used it. That's okay. You will eventually use it again and you'll enjoy that experience. And of course, there's always going to be somebody that you can make their outdoor experience better by lending it to them. I hope that if you are in the market, for a kayak whether new or your first time or maybe you started listening today just because you wanted to be nice to Ben and Brian and now that you've listened you're like oh, I need to get a kayak I hope we've given you some direction and some tips that can help you if you have more questions please reach out to us we are not going to charge you to help you find the right kayak we just truly want you to find the right one for the money you have to go spend some time outdoors reach out to us at m 2 at gmail.com you can follow Facebook Instagram, you can direct message us on there. We also have a TikTok account. There's a Meant to Be Outdoors podcast QA page. If you're really brave, you can post your question on there and maybe it will help somebody else that may have the same question. We'd love to answer it publicly on there. If you're not a member of that group, just let us know and we'll get you added. Whatever platform that you listen to our show on, it would help us a ton. We had a couple new reviews come in recently and I'm so stinking thankful that people take that extra minute or two to do that for us. We love feedback. Please leave us that feedback on there. Give us a rating on the star. Give us a little comment. Let us know how we're doing. Maybe some things that you would like to see from us in the future. If you're feeling super generous, every penny helps for us. It does cost us money to produce the show. We don't make a whole lot of money off of it, and we would love to keep it going for years and years to come. Keep producing more content the best that we can do possible. If you find a link on any of our social media, it's a Linktree link gives you all the options after you click on it go to the patreon link we would love for you to be a meant to be patron and give us a little money each month we would greatly appreciate the support and thank you to those people that are currently supporting us it means the world to us that you are so faithful such a faithful listener and so faithful as friends and family i know some of those are on there that you are supporting us financially as well That is going to be it for this episode of the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. We hope that between now and that time that you remember, you are Meant to Be Outdoors. Thank you for listening to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, hosted by Brian Hoffmeyer and Ben Brandel. Please help us by subscribing. Also, follow along on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook.